Hey, welcome everyone. This is Michael again with Michael Travels. Uh, continuing the story of traveling to 10 countries in one year. And first off, I want to say I apologize if you guys hear any uh, extra background noise. I am uh, actually traveling uh, for work. I do have the hands free, so not uh, texting and driving or uh, podcasting and driving. I've got the hands free, so it's all good to go. So with the last few episodes, talked about the first two countries that I traveled to this year. Uh, The first one being Cuba. uh, The second one being um, Panama. And the third one that I want to talk about was uh, actually in Peru. So I first planned on this trip to go to Lima and see some of the different areas of Peru when I decided that it wouldn't be uh, a proper Peru trip unless I was able to visit Machu Picchu. So let me tell you, the, <clears throat> if you're looking in the news and anybody interested in uh, Machu Picchu and visiting there, uh, there's a lot of guess, uh, not necessarily protests, I wouldn't say, at least I don't believe, but uh, a lot of argument, I would say. Uh, They're actually believing, uh, trying to open up an airport around the Machu Picchu area, which would make it a lot easier for people to travel there. I can tell you just from experience, um, it's not the easiest place to travel. Uh, just in terms of time-wise. And then also you have to think about the elevation. So I believe Cusco and Machu Picchu are, are well over 10,000 uh, above sea level. Um, but just to kind of give you an idea of how I did it, um, I actually have an article blog post on my blog about how you can pretty much do Machu Picchu without really needing to hike anywhere. If I had a little bit more time, I probably would have taken one of the shorter trails, but I didn't really have time. Um, But here's my story. So obviously, I maybe not obviously, but I flew into the Lima airport. Uh, From there, I stayed the night there. And more or less, if you're going to go to Machu Picchu, uh, you pretty much have to get to Cusco, at least at this point. Uh, Unless they're going to be coming up with that new airport, you got to get to Cusco. The issue is, is there's a couple, couple, there's two ways that you can do it. So you could fly there, but you got to remember, you're going from a fairly low altitude to a very high altitude very quickly. And for whatever reason, I, I do get seasick a little bit, or at least I did the last time I took a fishing charter. For some reason, I thought that I was going to be really affected by the altitude. Uh, was something I was a little bit scared of. Not really scared, but uh, concerned about. So you can either fly there from Lima to Cusco, or you can take a bus. And a bus is probably... I don't know if it's the most popular in between flying and bus. Obviously, it's uh, be a little more difficult to drive there yourself. I would say just knowing the trip. Uh, with the bus trip, there's actually two ways that you can do it. Uh, the one 
is called Peru Hop, and that's probably, if you got a little more time on your hands, that's probably the best way to go. Uh, it kind of goes around the Andes Mountains. You've got some hop-on, hop-off type of um, kind of stops that you can uh, see some tourist areas. Uh, and that would have been a really neat one, but I was a little little tight on time, so I actually actually didn't uh, didn't do that method. Uh, I took the other bus, which was Peru Rail. And this one does cut through the the uh, Andes Mountain. It goes down south. I don't remember exactly what area it would have been, uh, and then cuts through the mountains. Uh, it's about twenty hours, twenty some hours, I would say, twenty some hours, uh, and that's the the fast bus route. And I will tell you, uh, the. These buses are big buses, but they take these turns on these mountains. I mean, you got to make sure everything is is uh, everything's in your bag. You know, you'll wake up and all your stuff's strewn everywhere because they take these turns like they're in NASCAR or something. Uh, but the good thing is, is the seats for the most part. If you get the VIP. Uh, which gives you a little bit more room. The seats are very comfortable, and they um, they recline to about 160 degrees. So it's not all the way laying down, but it's pretty doggone good. It does have um, you know a screen like a TV in the uh, in the back of the seats. There, the only issue is is obviously it's uh, all Spanish. Unless you speak Spanish, uh, it does have English subtitles. So I mean, it's it's uh, pretty good, pretty you know for for what it is. Um, but yeah, for twenty hours moving around there, and then you finally get to Cusco. Now here's what I'll say too: is uh, being short on time, you know, I took the bus. Say, hey, well, why didn't you just fly there? Well, that's the second part of it: is the altitude. So I was really hoping that, you know, a 20-some-hour bus ride kind of gradually, you know, within a, almost a day's worth of time, kind of gradually moving your body up higher and higher up the, uh, up the altitude. So it seemed, to be, it seemed to work okay. It didn't seem to have any issues necessarily. So you finally get to Cusco and ended up staying there with the plan on... Uh, the next morning, I was going to uh, make my trip to uh, Machu Picchu. So there's, uh, again, there's multiple ways you can go, and it really depends on the time of year that you go. For the most part, typically, <clears throat> on the busy, busy seasons, you'll pretty much take a train from Cusco to the Machu Picchu station. The time of year that I went... I actually had to do a what they call a bipedal, bimobile uh, route, which started out in Cusco, took a train uh, to I believe it was the Tali Talian Tambo station, and then that's where you get on the train uh, to go to the Machu Picchu station. <clears throat> Uh, but either way, that's that's really what you're looking at. There's, I, as far as I know, I don't think there's a whole lot of different options. 
I guess there was some bus options that I saw that you do full bus options. The trains probably, uh, more trains probably a little faster. Uh, but I did see that there were some, actually some buses that you could take that had oxygen that, uh, you know, they had a, had it, you know, advertised that they had, uh, they're pumping oxygen in the, in the bus. So maybe that's a good thing for somebody if you know you're going to be affected by it. Once you get to Machu Picchu Station, uh, that's where it really gets exciting. Uh, what you can do from there is you can either hike up the rest of the mountain which I believe it's about two hours. Here's the issue with that. Uh, number one, it takes about two hours. Uh, it's all uphill, uh, pretty much the whole way up there. Uh, but the biggest thing is, is you're sharing a road with everyone else, and this is not a big road by any means. So all the buses going back and forth you're on the same road they're walking on the side or I guess if you could get a bike somehow something like that um, but that's what you do uh, the other route the one that I did <coughs> so I could get up there excuse me a little bit sooner is you can actually if you walk right out the Machu Picchu station go to the bridge go down the bridge and that's essentially where you're going to you know, you can either hike from there or you can get on the buses. Uh, right there, down, if you follow the path, you'll see uh, you can get a little bus ticket. I believe it was 24 US, USD, US dollar for a round trip up and down. Uh, but that's what I did. It still took about 30 minutes even riding by a bus. Uh, but a decent, decent way to go. Uh, and then finally, when you get to Machu Picchu, you get to see all the amazing sights. Uh, it's absolutely breathtaking. Being that high up there, uh, just thinking about the history of it and how, I guess, number one, how they built everything with just basic tools. Uh, all the rock is just so finely fitting to each other uh, I don't know how true it is but I did hear one of the guides say mention something that um, even a tornado couldn't affect the main structure because it was built built so well uh, either way you'll walk around there uh, it can be pretty crowded you can either get a guide or not get a guide. I, I ended up not getting a guide. I think maybe if I did it again, I would have probably gotten a guide uh, just for the fact of just kind of understanding what everything is. But really, in a lot of ways, there's so much stuff on the internet if you just want to obviously Google a guide on what each section is. Um, you can just kind of follow around. There's signs and different things like that to figure it out. But uh, definitely, definitely would recommend getting a guide as well too. So uh, after that, um, visited there, and then pretty much story goes completely backwards. You know, from Machu Picchu Station, uh, 
train, bus to Cusco, stayed in Cusco, and then headed to Lima uh, for the next couple days. And Lima was fantastic. I'm a huge fan of that city. Uh, Everyone is very, very friendly. Um, I don't know why I was surprised, but there's not as much English as you would think there would be, or if you think that there is English there. Uh, even in Lima and Cusco was even, <clears throat> it was even worse <clears throat> on the bus. I don't know if anybody spoke English on the bus, um, trying to ask for water <laughs> or whatnot. Uh, and I know in Lima, a couple of the restaurants, stuff like that, uh, they know enough to get by. I mean, if you obviously know kind of some of the main phrases, that really, really helps. That really helps. You're using Google Translate, which we all know is not perfect. Um, but got back in Lima, enjoyed some amazing restaurants. I, one of my biggest goals that I love to do when I'm visiting a new place is I like to go to a new restaurant and visit a new bar. I think that's really where you see some of the different types of uh, culture you know in a city is a local bar uh, the local food scene and really kind of just diving yourself in there and, and learning what the cuisine is about and talk to a lot of friends about traveling to Peru and one of them mentioned to me that if you actually look on the top 50 best restaurants there's somebody that that does it you can just check up 50 best restaurants in the world Uh, I think the website's actually called 50 best restaurants something like that but at least at the time that I was going I think three restaurants were in Lima or at least in Peru I, I know for sure two in the top ten were in Lima. Uh, one of them, and then and then also you can actually check out best rest, best fifty restaurants in South America, best fifty restaurants, blah blah blah. Anyway, so the first one was pretty far. I'm in Lima now, uh, talking about what my visit here in Lima. So I really wanted to go to this. To one of these restaurants and it was it was during the week so I thought I had a little bit better chance um, the the highest rated one in the top of the world was uh, a little far from me I could have took an uber uh, but time wise I looked and I think it was I don't know number three four still in the top ten called Mado I believe I'm saying that correctly it's M-A-I-D-O and it's actually like a Peruvian Japanese fusion cuisine and I actually walked over to the restaurant uh, hopefully that maybe they could get some bar seating or something like that right when they open talk to the guy he says yeah we're fully booked uh, kind of talked to him a little bit said hey I gotta try you know only one what can we do Pretty much said, hey, come back in about two hours. That's when people are going to start kind of filtering in and out. And that's when uh, new seats are going to be available. Well, I came back two hours later. It's about 9 o'clock. 
Uh, still waited probably another hour and a half before actually getting in there. Uh, but finally got in there. Uh, and I, I guess I don't think that's too bad to be at a top 10 uh, best restaurant in the world without a reservation. Just walking in there. Uh, so waited a little bit, but that's okay. Had an amazing meal. Uh, amazing meal. Good drink. In very very reasonable prices on top of that so I, I would definitely definitely recommend to uh, if, you, if you're going to Peru you gotta try some of the restaurants um, there's another one that I can't remember I went to a lunch there yeah, what was it called Arez or Anez something like that uh, Avaz. Um, anyway, had some ceviche, had some appetizers, just had water. I would, don't believe I drank anything. Um, but just, just amazing food. The seafood's amazing. Um, obviously, they love that ceviche. If you guys are familiar with that, uh, it's more or less catch of the day raw fish, kind of in a. This would be a vinegar, like a tart kind of uh, vinaigrette. Uh, maybe with a little bit of, you know, vegetables or something like that to bring it all together. I know it doesn't sound that that, that appealing, uh, but it's actually really good. It's different than like that poke or pokey, P-O-K-E, where I believe that's tuna and more or less like a salad. It's... It, quite a bit different than that just with the dressing and everything like that but uh but very very excellent and uh very kind of citrusy is uh is is the choice that i picked for for the dressing that i used um so really that's that's just kind of the broad strokes of my trip uh obviously the the full trip from getting to lima or from lima to machu picchu uh, all the way back and then just kind of enjoying my time, <coughs> excuse me, enjoying my time while I was in Lima. Uh, obviously, I went to multiple bars. Um, my trick that I did was I obviously went to different neighborhoods, stuff like that. I could really talk forever about everything that I did there, but the main area in Lima, I wouldn't say main area, but the most tourist area, the, the safest area, kind of the nicest area is called Miraflores. Uh, just north of there is Baronico or Baronico. I can't say it with the roll of my tongue, but that's kind of a more, I don't want to say hipster necessarily. I don't know if, uh, Lima identifies with kind of like a hipster culture, but it's kind of kind of like that kind of a cool hip uh, area. They actually had a um, uh, a brewery and a tap room that I stopped over there too. Uh, a bunch of other bars, these old old bars that I stopped at. And one of the things that I did was I looked on, you know, Google, and some of the options that you can do is, you know, top rated. And what I would look for would be any of these bar bar restaurants that had a rating of five and a half or more with more than 500 reviews. 
If uh, if you got five, four and a half, or above, with five and a half reviews, you're doing pretty doggone good. Uh, and it did not disappoint. Uh, there was multiple bars that I went to that day. Uh, just an enjoyable experience. So, so I'm gonna wrap this up here. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, uh, obviously, uh, I believe in the bio is my the link to my website but it is uh, michael-travels.com and you can always hit me up on email at michael at michael-travels.com thanks again and talk to you soon